News, politics, entertainment, and more. Welcome to the Informant. Independent talk, pursuing truth, informing everyone. Now, here is the Informant, Eric Thompson. Hey, good evening to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. My name is Eric Thompson, the informant here on the range and Spreaker and other platforms. If you do want to get a hold of me, you can always go over to my website, also www.the-informant.com. Uh, get my social media links and all the other information about how to get a hold of the show. So I do want to thank you so much for joining me. If it's the first time you're watching, I served in the Marine Corps back in Desert Storm. I'm a conservative independent. I do not have a party because both parties have spent too much money and obviously the Democratic Party has become the Democratic Socialist Party and has left the plantation. So we're going to um, just dive in today. We're going to go over what happened with the North Korean summit with uh, President Kim and President Trump. And it didn't work out quite as well as a lot of us had hoped for. So we'll cover that. And then we're going to look into... What happened over at Facebook, and, and if you're watching on Facebook, then you know that something weird has been going on with all the social media platforms. Twitter has been shadow banning me for years. You know, I have over 100,000 people. I do a tweet. Nobody sees it. Facebook, I've been kicked off four times. You may have been kicked off. But there are shows like Joe Pags. He has 300,000 people. He does a post on Facebook. Two people see it. So... James O'Keefe from Project Veritas went undercover to verify what we already knew, that we are getting suppressed as conservatives. So let's jump in here. This is from the Daily Mail. No deal. Vietnam summit ends abruptly as Kim refuses Trump's denuclearization demands. Leaders failed to agree on lifting North Korean sanctions and abandon lunch and cancel the signing ceremony. The thing is, I don't know exactly what their uh, representatives had kind of agreed on before this, but obviously something went south. It says here that uh, Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un abruptly ended their summit in Honai, uh, Hanoi early without signing a deal. Um, he said the issue was Kim's insistence that all sanctions get lifted in return for only giving up some nukes. President Trump continued to tout his warm relations with Kim, but added, you have to be willing to walk away. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo added that progress had been made, but we did not all we did not get all the way. Planned lunch never happened. Now, Kim's state news agency, KCNA, said on Tuesday, sincere and in-depth uh, views were exchanged to bring about a comprehensive and groundbreaking outcome. The talks came just hours after Michael Cohen's bombshell testimony, which it was not a bombshell. So here is a little video of President Trump uh, just what right after leaving the meeting with um, uh, Kim. On North Korea, we just left Chairman Kim. We had a really, uh, I think, a very productive time. We thought, and I thought, and Secretary Pompeo felt that 
it wasn't a good thing to be signing anything. I'm going to let Mike speak about it. But we literally just left. We spent pretty much all day with uh, Kim Jong-un, who is uh, he's quite a guy and quite a character. And uh, I think our relationship is very strong. But at this time, we had some options. And at this time, we decided not to do any of the options. And we'll see where that goes. But it was uh, it was a very interesting two days. And I think, actually, it was a very productive two days. But sometimes you have to walk. And uh, this was just one of those times. And I'll let Mike uh, speak to that for a couple of minutes, please. Okay, so that's pretty much it. Um, they, they had the... Uh, set down and uh, they were trying to work toward denuclearization of North Korea and Chairman uh, Kim uh, decided that uh, well um, we're, okay we're going to do some significant things but um, we're going to want to make sure that uh, we're going to want to make sure that you lift all the sanctions and that was not agreed on so what happens then is well President Trump has a choice well, I can, I can get something done, get something signed, so I can tell everybody. Well, we get we're, we're lifting sanctions, but we got all of this done. It's more than anybody's ever been able to do with North Korea. But no, President Trump said, you know, I'm, I'm just not. This isn't what we had discussed. So I'm going to walk away, and then we can come back and revisit this again. Now, the left is obviously jumping up and down. Yay, President Trump's a failure, and there's tweets out there, Trump fails, and blah, blah, blah. But basically, the problem with American culture is that we want instant gratification. Uh, my wife tells me all the time that maturity is when you're able to be satisfied without instant gratification, where, where you can... Showing your mature is your ability to wait on results. And that's what we have to do with North Korea. President Trump is way, way ahead of anybody's even imagination on what was going to happen with North Korea. There's no testing going on. There's no missiles flying over Japan. But some disappointment. But, I mean, in, in reality, this is how it had to go down. So that's what happened uh, That's what happened with the the summit in uh, Vietnam and now we're just going to wait and see what happens and when they're going to schedule the next event. All right, so let's move on to Facebook. Now, I'm not a big fan of Facebook because Facebook has kicked me off several times. So I, I get an account, I get a bunch of people that are following me and then all of a sudden I go to log in and it says your page has been disabled. So like I said, when, when I opened the show, some people, you know, they have pretty pretty large audience because they were invited by Facebook to bring over their audiences. And as soon as they got everybody over there and they've got 400, 500, 1,000 people watching their live broadcast, bam, it, it drops to 30. It's like, what? What happened? And it, it kept happening more and more and more. So there's an article here from Gateway Pundit. Huge. James O'Keefe strikes again, releases proof of Facebook targeting and censoring conservative publishers, and it's a video. James O'Keefe and Project Veritas released proof on Wednesday of Facebook's targeting and censoring of conservative publishers. Okay, so this is a tweet from James O'Keefe. 
Breaking. Facebook Insider leaks docs, explains de-boosting. Not boosting someone's traffic, de-boosting. Troll report and political targeting in a video. And here is just a snippet of it. And let me get it back to the beginning. And here is the Insider, uh, former employee of Facebook. On it, we could see Ben David running an action called Let's get back to the beginning. Here this Facebook insider contacted us some time ago and provided us with what she says are internal Facebook documents. I saw things going on that I personally found to be troubling. I knew that something had to be done about it, and so I felt that the best thing to do was to inform the public. This is Danny Ben David, a software engineer. In the leaked documents our insider gave us, we came across a back-end view of Mike Cernovich's page. On it, we could see Ben David running an action called Action Deboost Live Distribution. In fact, Ben David wrote the code and may have invented the word deboost. Deboosting is a method of suppressing distribution. This occurs because props such as share this video are disabled. Interactive notifications are also disabled. And the live feed boost is removed. Where, where did you see this appear on whose pages? Um, I would see it appear on several different conservative pages. Mm -hmm. I first noticed it with an account that I can't remember, but I remember once I started looking at it, I also saw it on Mike Cernovich's page, mm -hmm. saw it on Steven Crowder's page, as well as the Daily Caller's page. We spoke to Steven Crowder about this, and he was disappointed but not surprised. He told us that this is not the first time Facebook has targeted him. I came across a document called um, Coordinated Trolling on Facebook, and it was this troll report where they wanted to talk, address the problem of trolls on the platform and what they could do to combat it. Seiji Yamamoto and Eduardo Arino de la Rubia are the authors of that troll report. It was clearly kind of designed at the aim to be the right-wing meme culture that's become extremely prevalent in the past few years. In Yamamoto's troll presentation deck, he writes that they have a classifier that predicts if a user is a troll. The term troll refers to an internet troublemaker. Listing flagged words such as cuck, re, normie, it's clear that Facebook is targeting the language of the right and using it to actively suppress their content. So I mean, it's a long, it's a full uh, work that he did over present at uh, um, Project Veritas. So you want to check that out. But basically, according to this article here, it's uh, Project Veritas is reporting that Insider, formerly responsible, formerly responsible for content review in Facebook's intellectual division, uh, intellectual property department, speaks out, loses job. Okay, so. Goodbye job. Second, Facebook engineer plans to demote bad content. They also reported that conservative Facebook page live streams secretly deboosted no notice to page owners. Facebook can classify users as trolls based on the vocabulary, then push, then punish by limiting bandwidth blocking comments. Facebook engineer, quote, hateful, unquote, Content is coming from right-leaning sites, unquote. Special features triggered leading up to important elections. 
so nothing can trigger anybody. So any anything, uh, I'll go over that with you in a little bit. And bizarre views of hate speech includes content from conservative commentators. A Project Veritas had obtained and published documents and presented materials from a former uh, Facebook insider. This information describes how Facebook engineers plan and go about uh, policing political speech. Screenshots from a Facebook workstation show the specific technical actions taken against political figures as well as existing strategies taken to combat political speech. Wow. Well... No surprise there, I guess. No surprise. So, hey, we're at the station break. Thank you for watching. You're watching The Informant. My name is Eric Thompson on The Range. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening on Spreaker. Make sure you download the app from the iTunes store or for Google Play, The Range, and so you can make sure not to miss my show Monday through Friday. All right, so, so far, if you're just joining us, we've covered just quickly... The President Trump reported on what happened with the summit with uh, Chairman Un and that uh, he basically, uh, the Kim was uh, wanting everything, all of the sanctions removed, and then he would offer some concessions with denuclearization. President Trump said he'd rather walk than only get a partial uh, benefit or agreement or you know, or in, just really just wasn't going to get a lot for what Kim was looking for. Okay, then we just got done with Facebook is, yes, they are, they're like, what was the term again? The term was they are de-boosting, and they have a troll report and a political targeting of videos. The reason why um, Spreely.com was started was as a result of what Facebook has been doing to people, and uh, the owner of uh of uh, the range also owns Spreely.com, speakfreely.com. I started a small platform called MagaBook.com to counteract to what's going on with Facebook. The problem is, it's if you want to try to copy a Facebook, it it takes tens of millions of dollars and a huge staff, and and people don't we don't have that. So, even though Facebook was exposed for taking our information and selling it without our consent. They had a small drop in usage, and now it just seems like it went back to the way it was. <laughs> so even though now you know that conservative speech is getting kicked off, throttled down on Facebook and Twitter and the other platforms, how many of you actually are going to leave or how many of you are just going to stay on your Facebook page? Because, yes, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram have the nice bells and whistles because they're selling your information legally, which gives them a lot of revenue to be able to offer those services. Just a question. You got to do what you got to do. But exposed. But here's what I think is going to happen. You know, um, Project Veritas also exposed the Planned Parenthood thing, um, selling the body parts with another uh, another publisher. Um they they exposed the acorn involvement so there's been a lots of undercover stings that expose things and for the most part it's a storm it blows over and then everything goes back to the way that it has been so we shall see all right now let's move on to uh i just wanted to kind of remind you guys if you didn't see the 
uh, Snake Cohen's speech from yesterday. Let me show you this article here. And, and I got a lot of res, uh, response to this on Twitter. A CNN panel, and uh, they were kind of caught off guard, but um, they, they, they went to them during his, uh, right after he was uh, done yesterday, and they, they said, well, actually, he just lied when he told Congress that he never wanted the White House a White House job. Now, what it comes to, uh, Jim Jordan, Representative Jordan and Meadows actually filed, um, they sent a request to the Attorney General to go after uh, Cohen for lying again. Wow. So here is, here is the video, and uh, I just wanted to show you this again because Cohen is a liar. And the one potential problem that I thought Michael Cohen has is when he was asked if he wanted a job in the White House, and he said no. Our reporting, I know, Pam, you've been told, I've yeah. been told, all of us, uh, by people in and around the process, real time. He very much, he very much wanted right. a job in the White House, yeah. very much. And I'll just say one other thing that in he fact, said specifically. Let me interrupt you for yeah. one second just to, just, oh, just to show that, uh, that clip uh, that I think a lot of us here mm -hmm. raised our eyebrows because we knew it to not be true. Uh, take a listen. How long did you work in the White House? I never worked in the White House. That's the point, isn't it, Mr. Cohen? No, sir. Yes, it is. No, it's not, sir. You wanted to work in the White House. No, sir. You didn't get brought to the dance. Sir. And now? I was extremely proud to be personal attorney to the President of the United States of America. I did not want to go to the White House. I was offered jobs. I can tell you a story of Mr. Trump reaming out Reince Priebus because I had not taken a job where Mr. Trump wanted me to, which is working with Don McGahn at the White House General Counsel's Cohen, office. You and I, I think the issue there is that one sentence, mm -hmm. I did not want to go yeah. to the White House. Uh, all of our reporting right. suggests that's not true. And let me just tell you that after he said that, I reached out to Reince Priebus. I spoke to him, and his comment was no comment. He said, I'm not getting involved in this. But I can just say, and we all, of course, witnessed this real, <clears throat> real time, that this president, probably more than any other, if you want somebody in the White House, they're there. Um, you know, Rice Priebus and, and John Kelly probably didn't want Omarosa to be working in the White House and other people, but they were there because the president wanted it to be so. So if Michael Cohen and the president really wanted it to happen, more importantly, the president, it would have happened and he wanted it. Jeffrey. Okay, so Cohen, now the reason why I showed that is I've been getting a lot, a lot of backlash from uh, this and other things I posted on uh, Twitter uh, and to thank Jim Jordan and Meadows for their work, but I actually had a guy tell me this. He said, um, hey, I uh, I really, I, you know, you're full of it, blah, blah, blah. But then he said this. I have no, I have no confidence. I'm going I'm to kind of re rephrase this because I don't know. I forgot the exact words. But um, I, I am putting no trust in Cohen. But I'm putting trust in the evidence that he that he submitted, including, you know, i.e. the checks. So I said, well, hold on a second. You have no confidence in him, but you're going to now have confidence in what he says is proof. You can't have it that way. I asked a, a, another lady, I said, um, am I missing something? So I told her this scenario, scenario and she goes, you can't 
No, that doesn't work that way. You can't say, I don't trust the weasel, but I trust what the weasel is showing me. And that that's why one and you see that. Meadows and Jordan are sent a letter to the Attorney General Barr saying, hey, um, Cohen just testified under oath again, and we think he lied six more times to us. Please investigate it. <laughs> oh, man. Is that guy a disaster or what? Well, I... I actually think he's doing uh, President Trump a favor, so I, I hope he can continues to talk. I hope that Casio Cortez continues to speak, and uh, and uh, the the rest of them, the rest of them that are uh, or new, and they think that they've got things figured out, and they think that things are going to just uh, people are going to fall in line with them, like when Cortez said last week, "Hey." I put out the green deal, and if you're not putting out one, then I'm the boss. Woo! She's the boss. Okay. Well, this kind of leads me to this article here, and it's from Daily News. It says, socialism talk will sink Democrats. How left-winged overreach could backfire big time in 2020. What do you got? Do you think so? Do you think... Do you think it's going to over, this is going to backfire or do you think because I'm going to show you in the, in the second part of the show today that the colleges are brainwashing the students significantly. And even though we have the Bill of Rights in the First Amendment, that does not extend to private organizations and to colleges, even though the colleges, a lot of them are funded by the states. Nobody seems to be saying, hey, you can't have safe spaces and exclude people off a of state university when the taxpayers are subsidizing it. Well, this article here says, and this was from a Richard Cohen, not no relation. It says, uh, I don't know quite. I don't quite know what a handbasket is, but the Democratic Party is heading in one to electoral hell with its talk of socialism and reparations. Given a Republican incumbent who has never exceeded 50% Gallup approval rating poll and who won the presidency thanks to a dysfunctional electoral college, the party is nevertheless determined to give Donald Trump a fair shot at re-election by sabotaging itself. In fact, it's veering so far to the left it could lose an election, it could lose an election in the 1950s Bulgaria. So this guy's opinion is, look, uh, being that uh, in the Gallup poll, President Trump never got over 50%. He did in Rasmussen. And that he only won because of the Electoral College, which this guy doesn't like. But because the Democrats are going so wacky left, the, this guy is saying they may allow this, this person, President Trump, who would have no real opportunity to be reelected in a normal cycle to have a shot. Now I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that at, at all. Now I was a cruise supporter. I've been behind President Trump a hundred percent because he's kept all of his campaign promises that have dealt with life, that have dealt with uh lowering restricting or stripping the government from its overreach, lifting regulations, lowering taxes. 
North Korea trying to get out, you know, trying to get that denuclearized, uh, canceled the Iranian deal. But this guy is obviously more on the left side. So let's let's see uh, how else he can rant here a little bit about the Democrats going so far left that they may let a guy get reelected that this guy doesn't think should have a chance. And we're coming up at the station break here in a second, but I'm going to keep going until that magic music starts. Democratic socialist ideas appear to be making significant headway in the party. The Democratic Party is fine. The part is fine. The Democratic Party is fine. The socialism part is not. It suggests a massive government intrusion in the economy that has not worked elsewhere, post-war Great Britain or the contemporary mess called Venezuela. And that is a, in a cultural sense is un-American. All right, we get back from the break. We're going to continue this. So thank you for watching. This is uh, The Informant. My name is Eric Thompson. We'll be back here after a few commercials. She said, Dad, there's a man in black tactical gear shooting up the Baptist church. Every one of those shots to me represented one of my neighbors, one of my friends. And I ran as fast as I could. Immediately, he came out of the church shooting at me. He hit the truck in front of me, hit the car behind me, hit the house behind me, and I hit him. He had an AR-15, but so did I. And it's not the gun, it's the heart. It's a, it's a matter of the heart. I'm, I'm not the bravest man in the world or anything, but I was here. I was here, and I could do something. And I had to do something.
Hey, thank you for staying with me. And if you're just joining the show, welcome to the informant on second, uh, the the second uh, part of our show here, turning the corner. We've covered a lot. We've covered a lot already, but let's let's continue. We were going over. Has the left gone so far to the left? I mean, has the Democratic Party gone so far that they are possibly going to, according to even some of the more moderate uh, media sources? Are they going to allow President Trump the ability to win, even though, according to them, he hasn't got at least 50% approval in any of the Gallup polls, and he did he lost the popular vote in 2018, and in 16, I'm sorry, and the Electoral College was the only reason why he got in. So what he, the point is, the Democratic Party, you know, this guy says the Democratic Party is fine, but socialism is not, because if you look from post-war Great Britain, to Venezuela, and that there's a cultural sense that these are un-American, democratic socialism, what's happening in Venezuela, etc. Time and time again, the American people have shown that they want nothing to do with socialism. While socialist movements have at times been politically strong in Europe, such has not been the case in America, this, in fact, is one of the original meanings of the phrase American exceptionalism. If Americans are not and if Americans are not about to embrace socialism, they certainly are not about to support reparations. This proposal, which seems to have come out of nowhere, has the support of Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, Julian Castro, Julian Castro, and Marion Williamson. These supposed this supposed redress for slavery, nothing can redress slavery. Poll. Uh, basically, a 68% of Americans oppose making payments of descendants of slaves and 72% oppose paying reparations to African Americans in general. Among whites, 81% oppose payments to direct descendants of slaves. So I, I, I actually think this person's right on when it comes to the premise that the the Joe Biden the older Joe Biden, as in go back 10 years, the fiery uh, Reagan Democrat, a little bit farther left, but they 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 would be on, you know, unstoppable. But even Biden, Elizabeth Warren and Hillary Clinton, all them, they they they've tried to go far, far left to try to counter the Ocasio-Cortez's and in the Beto um, York's Rourke's, whatever his name is in Texas. So what's happening, though, is that there's a lot of people saying, man, now, this isn't me, but this, I'm, I, these are the independents. Wow, President Trump done good here, not so good here, but I'm kind of open to somebody else. Oh, no, not Quartet. No, not Warrant. No, no. Not, uh, what? Reparations? What? You want 70% taxes, 90% taxes? You want to... No, and that that's what the the left, the Democrats are worried about, that their older senior members of their own party are going farther left to try to get the nomination, but could, in effect, be costing themselves a general election 2020, which if you've been following all of the Russian inclusion story and all everything else, it was, everything has been about winning in 2020. 
They wanted to try to impeach President Trump. They want to try to paralyze him. They want to keep him from being successful. And at the minimum, they wanted to make sure that he did not get reelected. But if they keep going farther left, even the even the this guy and people like him are in agreement that they could, in effect, be costing themselves the 2020 election. Okay, so yes, they are they are lefties. All right. Now to finish out the show, we're going to go over free speech, the First Amendment. Okay, so we got the establishment of religion. So here's from the Heritage Guide to the Constitution. And uh, let me show you guys this. Here we go. Amendment one. Now, the amendments, from what I can gather from reading history, is that Jefferson was not at the um, Constitutional Convention. So he, when he had a chance, said, look, okay, Constitution's done, signed, but uh, we're going to need to put some amendments in to make sure that we prevent tyranny and from happening in the future. He did not get 100% support for that, but in the end, the amendments are now a part of our history. So the First Amendment, to make sure that we did not end up like the British crown, to end up like England, it said Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Okay, there's some things there that uh, I wanted to go over with you. The it's it's the law. It, the First Amendment was written very clearly and succinctly and simply. Now the problem is, even though it was written very straightforward. The government, basically, to paraphrase, cannot pass laws that create a religion, prevent people from worshiping the way they want to, and that would limit their speech or the press or stop them from being able to assemble and looking for redress from the government. What's happened is judges somehow because they were not constructionists they did not look at the basic wording and say even though i disagree with it i'm going to rule these laws i'm going to determine if the laws that get up to me if they're constitutional in light of what is plainly written so these activist judges have said well it says that but I think that they did not have in mind the Internet when they wrote this. And because of this other clause, I'm going to just have to say that hate speech laws are legal because the culture has determined that if it's the speech is directed negatively toward a minority or protected class, quote unquote, then it does not fall. That speech does not fall under the protection of the First Amendment. Well, here's the problem. It also doesn't protect, it doesn't protect your free speech at work, your speech at work. That's why Kaepernick should have never been kneeling because that is an expression 
under his First Amendment rights, quote unquote, while at work. Schools, colleges, other places now that that are privately held and some that are even state funded are saying, no, you can't have free speech at the campus. So here's a video explaining what's happening to the First Amendment and we need to be aware of it because it's not going too good. So let me pull up a little YouTube video here and it says, does free speech offend you and let's get it back here to the beginning and this is from prager university are vegans healthy are vegetarians healthy french fries and beer are vegan doing one of the stupid commercials here freedom of speech the ability to express yourself it's a cherished idea as well it should be most of us who live in liberal western democracies think of it as a basic human right people have fought and died for it but now we may be in danger of losing it. The threat is not coming from without, from external enemies, but from within. A generation is being raised not to believe in freedom of speech, but rather that they should have freedom from speech, from speech they dislike. This is a threat to both pluralism and democracy itself. We see this in Europe, where sensitivity-based censorship attempts to ban anything deemed hateful or even just hurtful, and to ban criticism of religion, especially Islam. But the United States, despite its strong constitutional protections in the Bill of Rights, is far from immune from the rising trend of suppression of speech, or what is sometimes called political correctness. This is especially true at America's colleges and universities, the place where our future leaders are educated and where you'd expect speech to be the most free. Highly restrictive speech codes are now the norm on campus, not the exception. According to a study by my organization, the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, 54% of public universities and 59% of private universities impose politically correct speech codes on their students. And thanks to recent Department of Education guidelines, 100% of colleges may adopt speech codes in the coming years. How bad is it? At a public campus in California on Constitution Day in 2013, a student who also happens to be a decorated military veteran was told he could not hand out copies of the Constitution to his fellow students. The objection from the university was not ideological. It was out-of-control bureaucracy imposing limits on speech. That same day, another college student in that same state was told he could not protest NSA surveillance outside of a tiny free speech zone, an area that comprised only 1.37% of the campus. Months later, college students in Hawaii were told both they could not hand out the Constitution to their fellow students, and that they could not protest NSA policies outside the school's free speech zone. Fire took these colleges to court, but the fact that we had to shows you how bad it has become. Recently, students and sympathetic faculty have joined forces to exclude campus speakers whose opinions they dislike. At Fire, we call this disinvitation season, although the season lasts all year round. Since 2009, there has been a major uptick in the push by students and faculty to get speakers they dislike disinvited. These speakers have included former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice, the Somali-born feminist and critic of Islam Ayaan Hirsi Ali, 
and the director of the International Monetary Fund, Christine Lagarde. And that's only the obvious part of the disinvitation problem. Few conservative speakers are invited to speak at colleges lest they have to be disinvited later. The newest threat to speech comes from so-called trigger warnings, alerts that warn students that they are about to read or hear something that triggers a negative emotional response. A 2014 New York Times article cited the example of a Rutgers student requesting trigger warnings for the classic American novel The Great Gatsby because it, quote, possesses a variety of scenes that reference abusive misogynistic violence, unquote. Recently, Oberlin College attempted to institute a policy that heavily encouraged the faculty to avoid difficult topics and to employ trigger warnings as a means of making classrooms safer. Safety has been watered down to essentially mean the right to always feel comfortable. New demands for trigger warnings are popping up on campuses across the country. Add in popular academic theories that encourage students to scrutinize speech for microaggressions, any statement that might be construed as racially insensitive, classist, sexist, or otherwise un-PC, and it's clear that campuses are teaching students to police what they say. This is precisely the opposite of what is needed. Our society needs candor, and it needs freedom of speech, not freedom from speech. Intellectual comfort is not a right, nor should it ever be. Not if we want freedom of speech, let's just call it freedom, to survive. I'm Greg Lukianoff, president of the Foundation for Individual Okay, so there you go. So, yeah, you'll want to definitely uh, support Prager University. Go over there and uh, support those guys. So what do you think of that video? I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right? Is it is it we have free speech until an activist judge says, no, you can't say these things even though the government just passed a law that they can't do because the group think or the culture thinks that that speech should not be able to be said toward a transgender person or a minority or anybody. Now, these same colleges are teaching classes on, well, there's white privilege, so we're going to teach that white kids are bad and that they owe reparations and that men have a genetic defect. Those will be okay, but when it comes to speech, there we need to have a hate speech uh, provision in all of these government places so they're in direct violation of the constitution but some of them are still being adhered to in government jobs because nobody really wants to rock the boat then the colleges are a, a major major issue for me i talk about it all the time here is a video from a few years ago but it's steven crowder and it's that students condemn free speech the colleges are a disaster, period. They're pouring out hundreds of thousands of Marxists that are in huge debt that would like to get some relief. That's why Bernie Sanders is so attractive, because if he gets in, then he we don't have to pay back our student loans. So here is Crowder talking, a little video here on YouTube, Students Condemn Free Speech of on Video. Is really all that important? 
So we are here at the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, where the school has spent over $16,000 on their new inclusive language program. The school basically spent the cash and glorified sensitivity training, and students have even been asked to sign a pledge to use inclusive language and to help their peers understand the importance of using inclusive language according to campaign materials, which includes an actual list of unacceptable words. We are going to make a do not mock list. I want to be clear, this is not going to be one of those gotcha, oh, they're so stupid videos. We'll never. Oh, what happened Moses there? Moses had written down all the instructions from God, as well as the history. Well, that was interesting. History of his people. Okay. Beginning with the creation of the world. Skip ads. Okay, here we go. Again. Sorry about the that. The goal here was to actually sit down and have conversations with students on campus regarding the First Amendment. And the truth is, their views on free speech are more shocking than any sensationalism could ever hope to be. Do you have any opinion on the inclusive language? Uh? Um, yeah, it's definitely... Definitely something that hasn't been brought to awareness. Um, I think it's really great. I think it's really important to use inclusive language because um, I guess the university is trying to like stop discriminating um, people by their language. Who do you represent? Myself, Steven Crowder. Okay. Does that sound like a good idea, a bad idea? Um, I think it sounds good. Okay, so it sounds good. I would say it's a good idea. Okay. Definitely, because a lot of times people will use language and they, you know, they don't mean to be um, brass or harsh, they just don't know. I think it makes sense to create an environment where like people don't feel threatened by like, because it could hit like a sensitive spot with someone. See, your right to freedom of speech is rarely taken away by the sword. Surrender will not happen. For the last time, surrender! Under the guise of making a better country for all of us. And with these students, even when given a lifeline... What about the First Amendment free speech issue? Free speech, as long as it do doesn't like harm another individual, that's the way I feel it. And while it may not cause physical harm, like a lot of people, it does like hurt them emotionally. What point is free speech, the First Amendment, more valuable than not hurting someone's feelings? Where do you think that line should be? I guess it depends on the person, like what you personally believe. Like if you're okay with like not using certain words or if you feel infringed. But see, that's the thing. Freedom of speech cannot only apply to individuals. Freedoms either apply to everyone or no one. Otherwise, ironically enough, freedoms become discriminatory. Now, as far as balancing freedoms with what people actually find offensive, the problem is nobody we interviewed actually agreed on what was truly offensive. Some of the words that you can't say, uh, fag. Both agree. Good, yeah. Good. I'll read one, you read one. Gypped. Tranny. Raghead. I've never heard that. You heard that one? No. Okay, you apparently don't play Call of Duty. What if I were to tell you that you just violated earlier, you didn't even realize that you used a word that's offensive that you shouldn't be saying? Oh, I did. You did. What word? Well, it offended me, and I'll tell you why. Insane. Crazy. Yeah, you can say crazy. Insane. These are yeah. from U of M. Yeah, you can say insane, not with me. Retarded. Agreed. Illegal alien. Agreed. Even my iPhone's frozen. It's crazy. I'm pretty sure that's offensive. I wouldn't say it. So you're not even clear on it anymore. I'm Fag. 
illegal alien. Fag. Oh, definitely. Not okay. Ghetto. Agree. Ghetto. Yep. Ghetto. Not feel that. Yeah, you could say ghetto. Obviously, you're an African American gentleman. If you read this, well, I Negro? Good lord, if I said that, I would have imagined you punched me right in the face! No! Well, one's thoughts and opinions does not have to be one's reality, right? Even that professor was offended by today's politically correct term in African-American, which means, who knows, maybe in 10 years, that'll be hate speech. Help! Help! I'm being repressed! Which reminds me, when looking at this list of unacceptable words, did anyone else find a glaring mistake? Picture the most prejudiced, racist, yeah. harming word. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it though. As far as a racial discriminatory slur. Uh, no, but it's not on there. Yeah, you're right. But you're not gonna say it. No. But why is it that you just said fag, ghetto, retarded, raghead, mm -hmm. but the N-word? What's the word? I'm not gonna say it. So even though the campus tries to act as though words like crazy or tranny are as offensive, they won't even write, let alone think, of saying the word <laughs> The word Oh, come on! Isn't that a little bit of proof that there isn't a moral equivalency between saying it's crazy cold or calling someone the n-word? Um, I don't think so because if you look at the words you listed there, like like fag is another term for cigarette in in Europe. Um, the n-word, the n-word like has so much historical backing to it. Right. That I don't know. I just don't. Exactly. It's different. Yeah. It's not the same as crazy. Yeah. Now this video is important not so you can send it to your friends and go, oh these kids are stupid because they're not. They're not stupid, and it's not really their fault. They're young, and their minds are moldable. It's the fault of their professors. It's the fault of their parents. It's the fault of an entirely liberal-leaning mainstream media, more importantly, an entertainment industry. But most of all, it's the fault of conservatives who've entirely conceded this territory, namely anyone under the age of 65, to the point that as our republic gradually circles the drain, these kids have never even heard, not once, an opposing viewpoint like ours. How many times have you ever heard anyone with my point of view or ask these questions on campus? You should be able to say whatever you want and no one yeah. should be able to tell you any different. Honestly, how often do you hear that? Pardon my language. No, you're fine. Um... I guess not very often. Maybe people are afraid to say that. So maybe we're talking about all different kinds of diversity on campus, mm -hmm. except intellectual diversity? That's really interesting. Yeah, I guess. With the recent legalization of marijuana in Colorado, talk of ganja is all the... Okay, so what do you guys... Uh... Man, oh man, oh man. What does... It... Are you really up to speed on what's going on with the colleges? Do you really know what they're teaching, what they're not teaching? Um, I think I had one more video here before we close. Let's see here. We got, uh, we know we had the surprise. Okay, we know about her. Um, well, well, here's a here for here's a free speech one before we end. This is a Twitter one. This is a guy. That, now here's here's a tweet, and then we'll finish up with the show here. So the colleges, the kids don't even know they're being taught to live in safe spaces. Don't say anything bad. Uh, don't say anything that could possibly hurt somebody. So here is uh, overseas. There's a lot of videos and stuff. You heard people say that uh, you, preachers are getting arrested simply because they're saying Jesus in public. And we're like, that's terrible. That shouldn't happen. Well, here is Twitter. And here, this is in America. Now watch this one. What's going on? Hey, you're disturbing some people, okay? I'm going to need you to... 
Tone it down a bit. Ma'am, I'm not going to do that. Okay, well, if you're not going to do that, I'm going to have to take you to jail, okay? Do what you need All to right. do. You are being re you are being recorded for what reason? What's the reason? Is this not a public sidewalk? Is this a is this a public sidewalk? It is a public. Is this is a public sidewalk, and he's speaking freely. Called, but he's also disturbing other people. This is in this called city. the kingdom of that's not a, what that's not violence. that's not against the law. Freedom of speech. What is your name? What is your name? And who is? What's your name? Officer Hurt. Who is your commanding officer? Need to get him here. Who is your commanding officer? What is his name? Chief McMurray. Chief McMurray. Okay. And what city are you with? I'm with Huntsville. Huntsville. Good there. Huntsville Police Department. Yes, sir. Right. Okay. I got that recorded on camera. Okay. Can you get your uh, superior officer, ma'am, before you take him to jail? For because I am first on the Yeah. Where's your secure? Where's your superior officer? This is an unlawful arrest, ma'am. This is unlawful arrest. I have the right to, to stifle his free speech Actually, on a public property. And I'm on a public sidewalk. This is a public sidewalk. Do you need a permit to walk through here? It's public sidewalk. Well, public sidewalk. It doesn't matter. First Amendment speech is protected. This is a First kingdom Amendment right. This is the kingdom of heaven suffering violence. That's right. All I've done tonight That's is right. you the good news of Christ. The same thing that they're trying to do on the other side of the park, but they're singing it. Nobody complains. Yeah, if we were seeing triplets, nobody would care. Hey, what's your badge number? What's your badge number? We don't have badge number. Yes, you do. You have a badge number? 769. I see it. Badge number 769. I have 20 of you working for me. I know you have a badge number. All right, I'm going to follow. Get my backpack. Yep. It's just my keys. Okay. So this guy can get home. You do not need a permit to go in here. Yeah, this is public property. I want you to see the persecution of Christians out here. This is what it is. This is public property. Get an education. Watch this, guys. Watch this, guys. By this woman that has no idea about the law. She doesn't understand the Constitution. This is your constitutional right right here being arrested. Take note and let this sink into your mind. Right. Well, there you go. So you've heard you've heard complaining about it overseas. You've heard us uh, talking about how we have to we have to fight for our our First Amendment rights. That the that they're overseas. They're saying that hate speech and if you talk out against Islamophobic or as as uh, Islam, you're Islamophobic and arresting people. Pastors are getting arrested. Churches are getting closed down as Islam grows and continues to have more influence. And we always said, well, that can't happen. Well, we were here in Birmingham, Alabama. Guy is just on a public street corner preaching and a police officer comes up and says, you cannot do that because some people don't want to hear it. That's not what the First Amendment says. Does not say the government can not pass laws or the government cannot stop you from expressing yourself and your religious beliefs, except if somebody doesn't like what you're saying, then they can do that. So the colleges are being brainwashed. They're not allowed to talk about these issues. You've got the, the police, that like this police officer, who's obviously younger, maybe just went through the college system, so she's used to safe spaces. She, she, you know, we, we may see that the, that the college is actually oozing out of a new young police officer who just came out of the education system saying, well, that's terrible. That person said Jesus, and that person said that Islam is not, uh, the people that follow Islam are not going to heaven. Hey, guys, just wake up. We're in a fight here. So, hey, show's coming to an end. Thank you for joining me. This has been 
the informant. My name is Eric Thompson. We covered a lot. You can go ahead and watch it. The playback, but if you do me a favor, share it on Facebook, Twitter. And I will see you guys tomorrow here on The Range.